Hi guys, welcome to Noma Saves the World podcast. I am your host, Noma. On today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us all the way from South Africa. We're going to be talking all things African artists and African icons. So let's get right into the show. So on today's episode, guys, we have a very special guest. I have invited my cousin, Mr. Tinashe Venge, to join me for a fun musical conversation. He is an entertainment journalist currently living in Johannesburg. He has worked for some major companies in South Africa, such as MTV Africa and Zalebs, and he has interviewed some of the most amazing artists who hail from the continent of Africa, the motherland itself. <laughs> so I am excited for this opportunity to have him on my podcast for us to have such an interesting conversation and for him to give me some insight and to give all of you listeners some insight into what African entertainment is all about. We're not going to waste any more time. We want to get right into this interview because it was so, so, so interesting. So I really hope that you guys enjoy and hopefully discover some new music along the way. I would like to introduce you all to Mr. Tinashe Venge. Tinashe, What's ha- up? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I've, I've been a big fan of this podcast for a while and I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I'm like super excited to just get right into our topic today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, we, we are speaking on a Friday evening, right? And for me, Friday is my favorite day of the week. You cannot be in a bad mood on a Friday. So I think you guys got me on the best possible day, uh, to have this conversation. Had you got me on Monday. That's. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know if it would have been i i don't know i don't know let me just say i don't know <laughs> that's so funny no well i'm very happy that i got you on your favorite day on a friday so guys just to let you know tanasha is joining us all the way from johannesburg south africa we're doing this call we're doing this recording from two completely different continents like how exciting is that? First of all, technology is a beautiful thing. Wow. No, it's it, technology. Uh, I, I think I'm really grateful for technology, especially in these times that we're living in the, the, the way yes. that 2020 has been set up, <laughs> the way that my year has been set up. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it's been great to keep in touch with, um, you know, our family and our loved ones. I remember our moms, uh, for those who yes. don't know, our moms are twins. I don't know if you've mentioned it in previous episodes, but um, our twin mothers, when they were our age and they were living away from their mom, they had to go to like phone booths. 
they had to like count <laughs> coins and put coins in. And when those coins run out and when that credit runs out, that's a phone call done. And that's your conversation sure. with your mom done for the next month. That's it. <laughs> that that's is very true. We're very lucky. We're very, very lucky. We're very lucky. No, you're right. So Tanashe, before we get into our conversation, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do, what you're all about. Oh man, um, thank you very much for that opportunity. I am an entertainment reporter, first and foremost, um, based in Johannesburg, like Noma said. I, I, I live and breathe entertainment journalism. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be the African Ryan Seacrest mixed with the African Donald Glover, you know, like I'm, I'm, I, I love... I love doing a lot of different things as well as entertainment reporting. So I work in digital as well. Um, I'm very passionate about helping people find jobs or let's just say job creation. There's a lot of unemployment in Africa and I'm very passionate about trying to solve yeah. those problems. So I, I, I have a lot of interests, some that are more serious than others. Maybe things like today we're going to be talking about music, right? Like, am I, am I allowed yes. to say that? Did I give it away? <laughs> nah, you are. It's all good. It's all good. Cool, 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 cool. I love music, you know, things like that. I have a lot of passions as well, music, football and stuff like that. But there's, there's, there's certain things that are more like personal passions, like music. And then there's certain things that are like career passions, like, um, you know, working in digital, working in social media. And of course, like I said, the entertainment reporting. I really want yeah. in the next year, watch this space. Maybe the next time I'm on this episode, I'll be promoting it. I'm really trying to start up my own entertainment news um, my own entertainment news brand. And I want to, I want to step into that space. Right. I want like an African TMZ, like an African Hollywood reporter. In fact, it's going to be called Mzanzi reporter. So look out for Mzanzi reporter in the next few I'm, months. I'm super ready for it. I'm ready for it because like, obviously we've, I've been on this journey with you for so many years. I know how hard you've worked and all the different, uh, all the different parts of the industry that you have been a part of. So for you to then now start your own brand, like I feel like it's going to be such a great thing for you. It's a perfect time. And a great thing for us as well. And great us thing as for the us. consumers. Because oh, yeah. we're going to get, we're going to get some real, you know, tea and some real inside expo info. I think that's the vibe you're going to Exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's it. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. And of course, free tickets, of course, you know, free tickets to all the Listen, best events. <laughs> Free tickets, free tickets are always a, a plus. No, nah, I, I want my family on the red carpet at the Grammys with me in a couple of years. Like the whole family, like go, go, everything. Yo. The whole family. <laughs> we are going, guys. We are going to the Grammys. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Before we get into the music, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. I want to pick your brain. Mm -hmm. As we all know, um, Beyonce just dropped... Black is King. Yes, yes, we do know. I'm part of the Beehive, so we made sure the whole world knows. Right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Y'all y'all were spreading the word. You were spreading the honey. Yes, yeah? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So last week, I gave my opinion on how I received Black is King. But I want to know from you, personally, how did you feel about Black is King? But also, how has... South Africa, or yeah. if you can expand, Africa as a whole received Black is King? Um, so personally, like I said, I, I, I'm a bit biased because I'm a big Beyonce fan. I love Beyonce's music and Beyonce's art in general. Maybe not the biggest fan. Like I can't sing every single song, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely right. a fan, you know, no problem. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So personally, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just um, a creative masterpiece, visually, musically, yeah. fashionally, yeah. whatever, bro. Like it was, it was dope. And I think it was also, it, it was also really great to see um, Africa represented in the light that it was. Um, yes. You could tell that Beyonce had done her research. You could tell that she was not just. Um, not just trying to be about herself, but she was trying to put people on. It, it was like, it was all about yeah. sharing the platform. And I really enjoyed that sense of collaboration from her. And I, I, I think the sentiment is the same in much of black South Africa. White South Africa didn't really pay attention. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. They didn't know what black <laughs> is king was. Exactly. So like um, black <laughs> South Africa, I think... 95% of black South Africans were extremely, um, you know, they really loved it because this Black is King has come, just to give everybody some context, in the last two years, Beyonce has been like super, super, um, super, super in love with like Africa and South Africa specifically. She's featured our da dancers and our musicians and our, um, you know, our talents. She's, she came here and did Global Citizen in 2018 and she was dressed by some South African designers and all sorts of stuff. So I think it was right. a great way for her to like pay homage to um, to South Africa and to Africa in general. But I think South Africans yeah. really enjoyed um, seeing their talents in this Beyonce collaboration. And it feels like, no, man, she keeps coming back to us. And I think that's all people ever yeah. wanted. There was a long time where Beyonce would never touch Africa. And we were wondering, what will it take for Beyonce to perform in Africa? What will it take for Beyonce to feature an African person? Um, and people were so desperate for that because she has a massive yeah. fan base here. But now uh, I, I can safely say the, 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 I mean, you know, there's always going to be people who disagree. And I'm not going to focus yeah, on them. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. The opinions are valid. Um, but for the most part, South Africa loved it. I can't speak on the whole continent. I know that in Nigeria, Black is King went down very well. Um, right. I don't know about the rest of the continent, though. Right, I hear you. But then, you know what? what's crazy? First of all, I want to say, Beyonce, yes, has been, you know, lacking in some parts of her, you know, uh, connection with Africa and with the shows or whatever. But even before, you said the last two years, but even before that, Run the World, she featured those African dancers Good and she, like saw them on, she saw them on Instagram yeah. or YouTube or whatever yeah. it was and she flew them out. So she's always been in love with the continent. It's just, I guess for her to find a way to be creative and, and, and connect Fair much, much more, but it, it's quite funny because you mentioned that you're not, you're not sure about the rest of the continent or even that Nigeria received it. Well, I watched an interview with a burner boy at the breakfast club and he didn't even want to comment on Black is King, even though he's featured on it. Like, it didn't seem like he was quite very happy with the outcome. I get it. Um, so, look, Black is King has had its critics. And I'm not talking about haters, right? I'm not talking about, like, the people who just hate Beyonce just because she's a black woman who's making lots of money. But there have been, like, some oh. genuine constructive um, discussions about... Um, you know, everything from cultural appropriation to, um, you know, just how genuine um, an impact this will have for these musicians. And, uh, you know, a number of different think pieces have come out from a number of different angles. For Burner Boy, as for Burner Boy, I'm not going to try and pretend I know exactly what was going on in that interview. I saw a bit of it as well. But what I will yeah. say is that Burner Boy is not an easy person to understand. One moment right. he's getting along with people, 
and working with people. The next moment he's he's talking back, he's beefing with them for the lack of a better term. Burner Boy is not a easy personality to understand. So whatever was going on there, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if if something happened behind the scenes and now he no longer feels so strongly about the people he worked with. Yeah, it's happened before. Let me just say that. One thing I wanted to find out from you as an entertainment journalist in South Africa, um, from from my point of view as someone who's living in the UK or living in the Western world, when Black Panther came out, I was like, yes, African pride, Black pride, all that kind of stuff. And you kind of saw the whole world or the whole Black world take on Black Panther as their own. They were rocking the Wakanda forever sign. Yeah. They were like really deep into it. <laughs> and that was one of the first times that we've seen such a major company such as Disney and Marvel yeah. um, incorporate African culture and African artists mm-hmm. in, their, in their films. Yeah, so you're right. One thing that I was wondering is those artists who were featured uh, on the Black Panther soundtrack, although that was an amazing and big moment for them, has there been any positive, you know, opportunities that came for that for them? Or was it just a situation or, oh, it's just a hype and then everybody forgot about it yeah. and then they went back to their regular life? So, like, what can you tell me? How did their careers improve if they did? That's such a loaded question that you've asked because that is essentially what matters at the end of the day. What what uh, what has it done for these people's careers? And before I answer that, I just want to compare it to something else that happened in South Africa not too long ago, the twenty twenty okay. the twenty ten World Cup, some time back. I feel like Black Panther for us was yes. like the twenty ten World Cup, first time yes. African country had hosted a World Cup. It was it was. I know it's sports and music, but I'm just saying in terms of the occasion, it was just yes. as big. But at the same time, in my opinion, in terms of the long lasting impact. It's it's the, the reason why I'm comparing them is that it was big in the moment and there was a lot of noise in the moment, right. but the aftermath of that has not done anything to, you know, just improve the state of South African music directly. And oh, likewise, okay. the 2010 World Cup did not do much to, um, you know, improve South African football locally. Having said that, I'm not saying South African right, music yeah. is in a bad place. I'm just saying Black right. Panther... Had its moment and then we moved on and we carried on with our hustle as normal. It didn't elevate the South African music industry in a tremendous way. But to answer your question more specifically now, um, let's look at the four South African artists who are featured on Black Panther. And without dragging this too long, I just want to give a quick summary of what happened in their careers after the feature. Yeah, no, go into depth because I'm actually very interested about this. Okay, great. So go into depth, go on. Yeah. All right. I, I love to go into depth. So you've just activated my power mode. Okay, great. All right. No, jokes aside. Um, the four artists who featured were Java, Babes Wodomo, um, Saudi, and Yugen Blackrock. Just a quick summary. If, if you don't know any of those names, Java is a traditional South African singer. He's as traditional as it gets. He's authentically South African. He sings in Zulu. Yep. He drinks muti. He dresses in cowhide. He's <laughs> proudly Zulu. You will never change him. You'll never make him Western. Okay, cool. Babes Wodomo. I, I, I love that as well. And I think that's why people love him. BET winner, by the way, Java. Um, Babes Wodomo. 
different kettle of fish, also from the same city as Java, uh, Durban. But Babe Zodupo is more urban. She represents the GOM movement, which is its own genre. And it's it's a hard-hitting dance floor type of genre. And Babes is a singer, dancer, performer. Um, she is a pop star, in, in, in uh, for the lack of a better term, because she's in the mainstream. She's a pretty girl. She's got the dance moves. Yeah. She's like yeah. South Africa's Britney Spears, for the lack of a better term, you know, singing, dancing. Or South Africa's J-Lo. Um, right, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, she's yeah. also got yeah, her own controversies. She's, she's a typical celeb. Okay, cool. Um, Saudi is a rapper. He's 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 uh, hip hop thoroughbred. He's dirty. He's from not dirty as in physically dirty, but like dirty as yeah, in rough no. around the edges. <laughs> dirty rap, dirty, dirty rap, yeah. dirty hip hop, dirty sprite type rapper. Um, you know, from from the hood in Gauteng. Um, you know, like he 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 calls it as he sees it. He's a great rapper. And then Yugen Blackrock. Funnily enough, people did not know Yugen yeah. Black. Oh, okay, not people. A lot of people in who listen to mainstream music did not know Yugen Blackrock before Black Panther, and did not know that Yugen mm. Blackrock was South African before Black Panther. Now, mm. Yugen is is very interesting to me because she is an alternative rapper. She's not your mainstream type of, um, you know, uh, like Saudi, for example. She, you're not going to see her popping bottles in a club. You're not going to hear her music in a club. Right. Instead, she's she's alternative. She's um, she's the kind of rapper who, despite not being your typical mainstream artist in South Africa, she's touring Europe, you know, she's, she's, um, the last time I spoke to her, she was in France. I don't even know where in the world she is right now. She's got a very big international audience and she capitalizes on that, but she happens to be South African. So she's not your typical, you know, I wouldn't put her in the same bracket as, as other female South African rappers like Gigi Lemayne or mm. Rouge or anybody. Yeah. So those are the four artists who featured on Black Panther and after Black Panther happened, Stjava's career was on the up, but I have to say, um, the 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 stepping into the international scene really did elevate his career to another level. He went on to win a BET wow. award after the Black Panther features. He is at the top of his game right now, and the record label that he belongs to, Ambitious Records, is very controversial. But Stjava okay. is their main artist. He's the one artist right. that they will never mess with. He's the cash cow. He's the Drake of that label. Wow. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. So, in in a way, like his success is also bringing up the label. It's keeping the lights on at the label, in my personal opinion. But <laughs> right, okay. I they, understand. they've got they've got some other talented artists as well. But that's that's a whole other drama in itself. What I will say though is that Stava is the flagship artist for that label, Ambitious Entertainment. Stava is also the flagship one of the flagship artists for South Africa right now, I would easily put him okay. in my top three biggest South African musicians at the moment. Um, wow, and, okay. and internationally, he's loved. He's a great performer. He performed at Afropunk um, Joburg very recently. And I can see even more good things happening for him. I wouldn't attribute his international fame to Black Panther, but I would say it was a catalyst in his career. It helped. It, it helped. definitely did help. It, it, sped, okay. it sped things up, I think, personally. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. no problem. Babes will do more. On the other hand, Gom Queen, like I was saying, chart topper. She's just released an album recently, and she is a, a big favorite in South Africa. Unfortunately, she hasn't capitalized on a lot of her early promise as an up-and-coming singer when she was younger. Now she's in right. her mid-twenties. She is still big. She is still an A-lister, 
But I think after Black Panther, I think she had the world in her hands and she could have emulated Java's success. But because of poor management on uh, the personal side and because of a lot of personal yes. issues that have overshadowed yes. the music, unfortunately, her rise to fame has not been as quick as Java's. I still think mm. Babes Wadumo has the potential to go international. Um, in the nature that, as you say that, this yeah. is such a big thing because I have um, uh, episode planned about building your team. It's so important mm. to have the right people around you, so that you can be as ready as any other person. But if your team is not ready, or if your team does not know what they're doing, or they don't have your best interest at yeah. heart, an opportunity will come along, yeah. and you will miss it. Or you oh my will gosh. Miss, people will misuse it because the team is not moving together. Oh, I, I, I see that. As you're talking about babes, I completely see how that could have yeah. happened, which is such a shame. But as it's you're saying, it's not too late for her. She's still quite young. No, nah, it's not too and late for her. she's still got a lot in her. She does. Um, and I think, I think people are willing to give her a second chance. Um, mm. but it's, it's, but then here's the key thing that you've said, um, it's down to a team. She was nominated for a BET award and she was invited yeah. to the actual awards. Um, just, it was either just before or just after Black Panther. I'm getting my timelines mixed up, but it was in that same era and she couldn't make it because she didn't get a visa because her team messed up the admin, didn't uh, apply on time and she couldn't make it to what would have been her first appearance at an international awards show. So it's things like that that have been getting in Babes' way. And I, I, I still maintain... That is such a shame, seriously. I maintain she's got the potential to go international like Stava. But yeah. her team hasn't changed. She's still got more or less the right. same team. She's still got the same team members oh. she had two years ago. That's a shame. She needs to change these things up. Bless her heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's Babes. That's Java. Um, Saudi was, uh, th there was a time last year when Saudi came out and actually said black, or at least we believed that Saudi said black Panther didn't actually help his career in any way. Uh, and then it turned out that those quotes were fake. Uh, those quotes were faked. Um, they were leaked online by who knows who fake Twitter. It was fake, fake Twitter. News. It was fake news. Um, he didn't actually say that, but you know, everybody was kind of thinking that, uh, let's, let's, let's be blatantly honest. Saudi's career has not taken off and, um, or let me say it, it has not, it has not grown from where it was before Black Panther. Uh, other than yeah, a few yeah, more people knowing him, other than the fact that he will get mentioned in the Black Panther discussion, but that's about it. If there was going to be a Black Panther 2, I'm going to put a hundred rand that Saudi is not going to be on the Black Panther 2 soundtrack. Java wow, and Babes okay. Wadumo could be. To be fair, you can't make such comments. Okay, allegedly, you can't make such comments and then expect to be on <laughs> the second one, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. But I think he was, he, was, he was honest as... Okay, if he, if he did say that, if he said that, it would be an yeah, honest yeah. thing. It, it would be an honest statement to make. And I don't think it would be an indictment on his talent or his career. It's just the honest truth. Right. Some, not all the time. Um, these international features don't always help out South African artists. Sometimes the best thing to do as a South African artist is just to rally up a local core of fans who are South African and only speak your language and only know your music and don't want to be involved with Trey songs or anybody from the US or Black Panther or anything else. Sometimes right. that actually works better for local artists. And I think our industry is getting to the point where the local artists are more confident in working amongst themselves than spending a lot of money Rather and trying to get overseas. For, 
yeah international man. yeah okay exactly. no that makes sense though that makes so sense. that's saudi and then last but not least yugen blackrock the enigma among these four artists she is extremely dope she's so talented and so well spoken and she speaks politically and she just uh challenges gender norms and everything but she's too radical for the mainstream and black panther didn't change that <laughs> i think she's she you'll see her at like afropunk and i think yeah, she's gonna stay imagine. yeah she's gonna stay in the alternative lane um because she's just way too much of a straight shooter for the mainstream she just she speaks her mind in a in such a bold way that um it's not it's not radio she's music unapologetic she's yeah amazing. that's the she word is, yeah. that's the word and and i mean she knows she's not like radio material and everybody else knows so i mean black panther kind of helped her yeah i i think it just it, it elevated her right. stock but i think her strategy's always been different anyways um so it just gave her a little bit more momentum to keep getting booked overseas to keep getting her name mentioned overseas but like her and her team they've you were talking about teams just now she's got a phenomenal team like they yes, they yes. they are on top but one question i really wanted to ask you yeah seeing how black panther had an impact on those artists mm. how do you predict Black is King is going to have an impact on these artists who have been featured. We can focus specifically on South African artists. Okay, cool. Because we've got some beautiful, we've got a beautiful mixture of artists that were featured mm. on Black is King. You know, like Busi Swa and like Moonchild and all these amazing actors and actresses. Yeah. So how, how do you predict that that's going to impact them? Seeing how Black Panther impacted the other artists. Great question. And funnily enough, um, I had a I had an opportunity to speak to Ubusiswa. Um, oh, not not wow, not not amazing. for Black is King, not when Black is King came out, but when Lion oh, King: okay. The Gift came out. Do you remember that Beyonce special album yes. that accompanied the film last year? Yes, yes, exactly. I do, I do. And there was that song called My Power, My Power, My Power. I love that song, by the way. Perfect <laughs> gym song if you just want to pump some weights. Anyway, Ubusiswa um, and Moonchild were featured on that song. And that song also features in Black is King. So at that time, I asked her this very same question. I was like, Busi, so we saw what happened with Black Panther. What is going to happen for you? And she was very frank, hey? She said it comes down to the individual. It's, it's not about what Beyonce can do. She said, Beyonce has done enough by picking you out from the crowd, putting you in the video, putting you on the song, putting your name out there taking that single overseas and i mean like guys um for example um i know it wasn't my power it was brown skin girl that won um at the bet awards it won at the soul train awards um i think yeah. it was nominated for a grammy i don't know if it won but it was nominated right it's it what i'm just trying to say is that album did well um those songs from that album did well and there was another artist called anati who got a songwriting credit for Brown Skin Girl. And as a result, um, he, he co-won all of those awards. You know what I'm saying? So Busiswa's point that she was trying to make is that Beyonce has put us on, guys. The rest is up to you. It's up to you yes, what yes. you do with this opportunity. And it comes down to so many things. It comes down to the team, like you are saying. It, it also comes down to the personal artist's vision for themselves. And I think that yes. some artists just have greater drive and the better and, and a better ability to 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 make the most of these opportunities than other artists and now if you're asking specifically about black is king the specific south african artists who are featured there 
I think, um, obviously, we spoke about Busiso and Moonchild because they were featured last year. And I think they are currently on the way up. And they are two of the hardest working women in South African music. Mm. Whoever your favorites are, when it comes to South African music, you can have different favorites. It's fine. But when it comes to work ethic, you cannot count out Busiso and Moonchild. And I think they'll be up there um for yeah. for years to come they've been on the up in general they've been hustling for a decade i mean for people years, are hearing about yeah, them now for yeah for years exactly um i really think that this crop of artists that beyonce picked has got the potential um and the platforms to make the most of the blackest king features what i really gotcha. enjoyed though is the amount of non-famous people that Beyonce featured. If you look at the credits for Black is King, those credits are yeah. long. They're very They're long. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. There's loads of people <laughs> who got mentioned. I'm really interested to see what it does for those people. Because Moonchild and Busiso, they're yeah. massive anyway. They're A-listers now. They're only on the way up. It's cool. I want to see what it does for those dancers who featured, for those uh, fashion directors yeah. and art directors who really contributed and made this thing the beautiful, um, the beautiful production that it was. I really want to yeah. see what it does for their careers. I can't predict just yet. I hope it's good things. I hope that we have a conversation in five years' time and say Black is King helped Africa. I think right. it's got the potential to do that, but let's see what it does for some of the smaller people before we make a conclusion. Do you know what? This is the same thing I said last on last week's episode. I just want all these African artists who worked on this because when you get that phone call saying, yo, you're going to feature on a song. First of all, you're going to feature on a song with Beyonce. First or secondly, you're going to you're going to feature on a song uh, on a production, on a Disney production. Wow. Those two, those wow. two lines. Wow. Those two statements Imagine. are very big statements. Imagine, Black Child, your time is now. Okay, so Tanasha, as I have you here, I wanted yeah. to really t have a fun conversation. As people's curiosity has been piqued mm. about Africa and the continent's talent and entertainment mm. industry, I just want us to highlight some of the iconic artists who come from Africa. These icons are people that you want to start with. This is like, if you're going to go and you're going to try and discover Africa and you yeah. want to hear some of the iconic yeah. voices of Africa. Yes, yes, yes. I want to know who are we listening to? Who am I Spotifying? My gosh. Um... There are so many people that you could choose from because I think... So many. I, that, yeah, I mean, Africa's a continent, obviously. There's there's so many of people. Um, and I think what makes it just a little bit more difficult is that uh, they're, they're, those people span different generations. Yes, definitely. I might miss some, some iconic people. Uh, this list that I'm going to give is by no means the definitive list of iconic musicians from Africa. I might miss some. Disclaimer, guys. <laughs> Just a disclaimer. So so if you didn't hear your favorite, I'm not saying your favorite's not great by all means. There, there's been a lot of um, phenomenal African musicians. This is what we have, guys. Okay, this is an opportunity. We are only going to talk about a handful of people. So there are thousands more artists or icons that hail from the beautiful continent of africa mm. if you we if we didn't mention your your person yeah head over to my instagram at noma underscore saves the world and comment tell us who your favorites are there you because go because we need to teach people we need to get these names out there be like yo we do africa is not just 
big because Beyonce popped up and did a little film. Exactly. We've been, we've been lit. Been had we've musicians. Been lit. We've, been, we've been lit. And like a lot of African musicians have been referenced overseas, um, right. you know, for, for, for decades. And I think it would be great for people to know. So without further ado, just off the top of my head, um, some artists that I'd recommend anybody who wants to check out iconic African musicians, look for Fela Kuti from Nigeria, um, yes. jazz and Nigerian Afrobeat legend. Burner Boy would not exist. Wizkid would not exist. Davido would not exist without Fela Kuti. All your favorite, all your favorite Afrobeats artists would not be here without Fela. Absolutely, absolutely. AKA and Kid Dominant have a song called Fela in Versace because there's an iconic picture. It's, it's a brilliant <laughs> song. Check that out. It's an iconic picture as well. Check the picture out as well of Fela Kuti, obviously wearing a beautiful Versace outfit. Um, that's what the song's about, Fela in Versace. Mm. Um, no, Fela Kuti was uh, an exceptional musician. He went international without paying anybody for features, without begging wow. for features. Overseas artists wanted to feature Fela iconic nigerian musician um gone too soon in my opinion uh but his family has carried on the 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 kuti legacy extremely well um check out sheun kuti i hope i've said his name correctly s-e-u-n kuti um one of the many kuti sons who are making music really really great musician right now but fella is is the legend from nigeria no that's amazing fella is such like uh oh my god i've been listening so guys when i set up my episodes mm. i do my research mm. and i've been listening to some of his music this past week and do you know it's just the vibe oh it's just yeah. the vibe like even now so many years after his passing so many years after he created these sounds yeah it's still a vibe they still hit you okay. know absolutely absolutely it's no, a beautiful man. thing beautiful thing and i i think that's that's why that's the difference between for me uh, a big artist or an A-lister or whatever you want to call it and an icon the the, yes, the icons they, their work is immortal you will I can guarantee you in a hundred years time people will be playing Fela Kuti 100% yeah 100%. definitely definitely no man but um, traveling across the continent um, a lot of my favorite musicians from Africa or a lot of my favorite icons let me say are, are geography based because I, I grew up in Zimbabwe and South Africa so I listen yeah. to a lot of Zimbabwean South African artists um, two of my favorites that I also want to highlight they've collaborated numer numerous times um, yeah. they've both also passed on sadly to say uh, and interestingly they passed they died on the same day but one year apart I'm talking about wow. Ubra Hugh Masakela, uh, Hugh Masakela from Yo. South Africa, and Oliver Mtukudzi from Zimbabwe. Legends. Legends, 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 icons, whatever word you want to use. I grew up on both of their music. Um, and although they, they, they were, there are some mild differences, so Hugh Masakela was a great trumpeter, among many other things, oh. and he was a jazz, like, virtuoso, as they say. Oliver Mtukudzi was a, uh, let's say, a Shona folk singer with some jazz elements as well. Very authentic. Both of them very authentically African artists. And it was no surprise that they toured overseas regularly. They, they, they performed well into their old age. By the time they both died, they were both recording. They were still recording albums. They were still gigging on stage. They were still dancing. Obrahu, I actually saw him six I, I i saw him um live six months before he died wow, and that's 
It was it was my first time seeing him, and I didn't know it was going to be my last time either. Um, and this man was dancing. This man was he was in his seventies, but he was breaking it down. He was dancing more than his dancers on the stage. I love it. I loved that. No, they 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 lived and breathed their music. Oliver Mtukudzi released yeah. something stupid like over sixty albums in his career. Just think about that wow. for a moment. That's over sixty studio albums in his career, and. He could perform for four hours straight. Like Tuku was just, he had stamina like a horse when it came to performing. He performed in New York. He performed in Europe. He performed at jazz festivals. Like they, people loved them. Um, so I think, they, I'm not saying they are identical artists, but because of the relationship that they shared and because of that very yeah, weird yeah. fact that they died on the same day a year apart, I think Oliver Mtuguzi and Hugh Masekela are definitely two, that were, uh, two artists that I'd also recommend you check out. Uh, Oliver Such from Zim, yeah, Oliver from Zim, um, Hugh from South Africa. Do you know what's crazy? I was listening to Oliver and it reminded me of like, um, trips, road trips. Oh my from gosh. Like, if, if let's say my, my mom and I were traveling from South Africa to Zimbabwe. Yeah. For some reason, that's the image that came into my mind. And yeah. it just reminded me of those long trips. Yeah, and yeah. And I was yeah. like, yo, this <laughs> is like memories, man. Oh, man, you're, you're spot on. You're 100% correct. Um, okay, let's get some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I'm going to throw one out there. Okay. And say... My very favorite, Ringo Madlingos. Ringo, oh my gosh, he's he's he. I think he's an icon in his own right. Um, de- oh man, Ringo's been around for decades. I think as a, as a musician, oh, Ringo. Oh man, I, I I know our moms loved his music, didn't they? Yo, like I just remember, like I don't know what it is, but I've always like connected with Ringo. And then <laughs> I don't know if you remember the story, Tanasha, of when I first met him. Yes, I do remember that. Oh my gosh, 2016, How wasn't crazy. it? Something yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, so just a quick story, guys. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but basically, um, obviously, Tanasha is in the entertainment industry. So Tanasha was covering the announcement for the music festival, which was gonna be held in Cape Town. Yes, and yes. I was in South Africa at the time, so he was like, "Come along. Um, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun night." And so as they're doing the announcements, I see on the board that um, Ringo is going to be one of the artists. Yeah. And then I turned, literally, I turned to Tanasha and I was like, listen, the day I meet Ringo, that will be the happiest day of my life. <laughs> Please, someone tell me why 10 minutes later, I'm walking around the room and who is in the room? I was Ringo. like, yo, I was so gassed. I could not even hold myself together. Oh I was fully fangirling out. I, I remember could not that day. It was the most amazing moment. And he was so nice. He was all. such a great... Listen, there's nothing better than meeting someone that you love, like a celebrity or a musician that you love. And then that person's yes. also a really great person, you know? It's the best. Oh my gosh. I remember so that so day. Yeah, so for me... He's definitely one of the icons. He's definitely one of the icons. No, he certainly is. He certainly is. I think I think Ringo, he might not get the kind of international recognition that some of the art, other art, artists that we've talked about today will get. But in yeah. South Africa, Ringo is a legend. He is an untouchable. No, there's there's no there aren't many black South Africans who don't know Ringo. We grew up on Ringo Madlingos. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. man. No, phenomenal oh gosh, artist. Man. 
Okay, so hit us with one last one. Who do we absolutely need to check out? If you're looking for icons, you've never heard African music before, you don't know what you're doing, or or you have, but you just want to discover something else. Who are we looking for? You know what? I'm going to be a little bit South Africa biased again. I know I've been living in South Africa for a long time. I'm South African. Um, and there are probably a number of African artists I could name here, but there's two South African women who I think just shaped music in such a big way. Brenda Fassi and Ulebo um, Matusa. Uh, Brenda Fassi right. was the original pop star in South Africa. She, she was the queen of pop. She still is the queen of pop because to this day, we have not replaced Brenda Fassi in South Africa. Not to say she's replaceable, but we, there's yeah. no one who has come but close. But no one's reached her level of, you know, impact. No one. No one. Brenda was a celebrity. Wow. She was a musician. She was a uh, she was an icon. She is mm. and was a legend. Um, she she was larger than life. Brenda was like what Beyonce yeah. is for for Americans. Brenda was for South Africans. She was larger than life. Sure. And the thing is, she had the talent to back it up, and yep. she she had the hits to back it up. She had the catalog. She made a lot of music. The only thing, the only criticism that I would give about Brenda Fassi's career is not necessarily criticism of her directly. It's just that she she was famous in a generation when black artists didn't always um, get the full financial profits of their careers uh, for, for a number of factors. So Brenda Fassi did not die as rich as Brenda Fassi should have been. Brenda Fassi should have been a, a, a multi, multi, multi-millionaire and generationally rich with the amount of sales that she was able to garner. She didn't yeah. see as much of that money as she should have. Um, there are some who believe that she didn't spend her money as wisely as she should have. Perhaps that's true, but take nothing away from what Brenda achieved as, um, as an artist and as a musician in South Africa, because to this day, people of all ages will still talk about the impact that Brenda Fassi had. To this day, she's still got the most popular wedding song in South Africa. I don't care hey, what anybody says. There's no one. Who can make a better Vuling one? Lela. If, okay, so I'm sure some of your listeners will be checking out new <laughs> South African songs. Start with Brenda Fassi, Vuling Lela. Um, that is, that's the one. iconic Brenda Fassi song. Um, and I'm just listening to music today and thinking that... Oh, Brenda was exploring these themes in the in the in the eighties. You know, like I listened to Scissor um, from America. Scissor's got that song called "The Weekend," where she's some uh, dude's side. On. Brenda had a song called "Weekend Special," Weekend where special she was some dude's way. side. You know, oh guys, <laughs> no man. Brenda Fassi was ahead of her time. She was, she was big, larger than life. And when she died. It was, it was, a, it was I, I remember that day. I remember the day when she died. It was cloudy. And my mom told me that when someone massive, really? when someone big dies, when someone important dies, the weather will show, it'll be cloudy. And really? that's, that, that wow. was the same for Brenda Fassi's death. It was also the same for Lebu Matusa's death. So Lebu, um, similar to, Lebu's probably the only other female artist or actually the only other musician of uh, the last 20 years who could have had the potential to be the next Brenda. She's the only one. She's the only one who came close. And Lebo, in her own right, maybe was not as big as Brenda was at her peak. 
but Lebu is still an icon and a legend in South African music. Lebu is more like South Africa's Aliyah, I feel like. Gone too soon, oh, died at a, yeah, at a really young soon. age. Yeah, um, not really young age, but she died relatively young. And um, she was part of an iconic group called Boom Shaka. Oh my God, I remember that group. I'm sure I, you I do. I was so obsessed with that group. <laughs> I was. Boom Shaka was like our TLC, wasn't it? To listen to Boom Shaka. Guys, do you know that to this day, that song will still be played in clubs. That song came out like mid 90s when me and Noma were like four or five years old. That song still gets played in clubs today. Oh, guys, you can't go wrong. Listen, I was obsessed with that. Um, with that group when i growing up that was my group that was my destiny's child nah, before okay. i knew anything about destiny's child uh no 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 that, but you know what boom shaka were that kind of artist they were like a destiny's child tlc type of artist even when you look at their fashion even when you look at their what they represented all of that stuff they were that type of artist and then lebu was the front woman of that group she went on to have a very successful solo career as well this has been such an interesting conversation but before you go i just have one last question for you yeah when you were looking at all these youngins all these new artists yeah. or artists that have come up in the last decade or so yeah who do you think we will be calling icons in the next 20 years in the next 50 years who do you think has that icon energy icon power wow that's 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 a oh, that's a tough question to answer because on the one hand right i think i'm able to recommend some artists who are definitely at the top of the game in their respective regions right now and they have broken out internationally right so in nigeria it would be burner boy and closely uh, behind Burner Boy, probably Wizkid and David yeah, O. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's another, you know, crop of artists just behind them who are doing really well as well. The Nigerian music industry is in a good position. In East Africa, um, I'd probably look at someone like Diamond Platinums. He's from Tanzania. Mm. He's he's big. Yeah. Or Sauti Soul from Kenya. They're, um, you know, they're, they're a super band that's been doing really well um, for My a long time. My favorite. I love Saudi Soul so what? much. The new album is just... <laughs> It, 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 like I listen to it at least three times a week. I, it's oh my one gosh. of my No, man, they're great. They're great. I don't blame you for that. They they're really enjoyable to listen to. I've never seen them live, but people who have seen them say they're a fun they're a fun act to watch live as well. Well, we're gonna have to make it happen as soon as Corona's over. We gotta hit up one of the concerts. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I'd say ripping East Africa definitely them too. Um, are at the top maybe Ali Kiba as well uh, from uh, he's, he's also yeah. from Tanzania yeah exactly so them three from East Africa I think would be um, the, the ones to watch and then from Southern Africa right now I, I you you have to look at South Africa South Africa is probably head and shoulders the biggest entertainment industry as an industry the biggest industry by far in Africa um, the, wow, okay, yeah. With the exception of some of those artists I mentioned, our musicians are course, just, yes. yeah, our musicians are just better. The structure in South Africa for the music industry is, is, is much more advanced than other countries. The, the artists I'd probably be keeping an eye on right now, definitely Shaw Majorzi. Um, she has oh, already oh, gone Shaw international. <laughs> what do you I'm think here. of her? Do you like her? Uh, do you know what? Shaw Majorzi is just like, a vibe to me because 
her energy just like personality wise she's just such like a young sweet girl yeah. she seems excited, excited by, everything. by everything and i kind of like that about her so true. but also to be fair the music she's putting out she's she's doing her thing you know she's putting her culture on the map yeah so like you have to love it you have to love it and here's the, here's the other thing that makes so, uh, shoma jersey so refreshing so exactly what you said she's she's so she's got that beautiful mainstream appeal like she's easy to love and easy to to market um the, the, and then she backs it up with not only like catchy songs but like actually good lyrics like she's got bars you know like she can spit as good yeah. as just about any rapper out there and then on top of that like the the icing on that cake what i love per, uh, personally the most about her when it's time for things to get real and people are talking about like colorism on the timeline and people are talking about like xenophobia on the timeline shoma jozi she can handle herself extremely well in those she's types of discussions she's part of that conversation in such an intellectual way and she she just breaks every single stereotype for everything she breaks stereotypes about like there's there's a lot of stereotypes about people from limpopo right she breaks stereotypes yeah. about that she breaks stereotypes about south africa she, she breaks stereotypes about what rep should be or should not be she's unboxable and i think that is what is going to help her that, or not even going to she's already international like last year she was on the king clocks and show in the states yeah. she got that john cena song i'm sorry earlier this year not even last year i feel like <laughs> everything that happened before lockdown <laughs> Listen, everything that happened but corona is its own year. There's no such exactly. thing as corona is like its own exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> no, man. But anyway, just sum up everything I was saying. I was going to say she's probably for me the one to watch in South Africa in terms of like ones to become iconic go uh, in the next few years. But then other than yeah. that, th- there's a lot of South African artists who are doing well and there's a lot of them who yeah. you're going to see in music videos and they're going to get international features and they're going to do dope things. So like there's Casper Nyofes, there's AKA, there's um yeah. these guys called the Scorpion Kings which is DJ Maporis and Cubs at the Small. There's there's musicians yes. like and some of the guys we spoke about to, uh, some of the ladies sorry we spoke about today, Babes will do more uh Busi Muncha. There's a lot of really dope South African artists. But in terms of who's going to become iconic, who's going to become like a Brenda Fassi level artist Personally, from this crop, from this generation, from this class, as good as they are, I don't see a Brenda Fussy. Instead, what I see is, um, I see this generation is going to be defined for having pushed authentically South African genres. So, Cubs are small, might not be in the discussion um, 50 years from now, but yeah. Amapiano as a genre will definitely be in the discussion 50 years from now. Much like, yeah. for example, exactly, much like, you know, like how jazz was in the jazz is like a very old genre it's like uh, you know it was in its heyday in the 50s but it's still such an iconic genre because of what happened it back is, then yeah. i feel like that's what a lot of artists are doing right now for their respective genres and like the uh, people are pushing gom like we're talking about babes Dumo. people are pushing ama piano there's other types of genres like balopedu house i don't know if you know that jerusalem song i do Wait, <laughs> that, that song is everywhere that song is everywhere and the, all the different all the different TikToks or all the different Instagram videos of uh, it's such a vibe. Yeah, no, of course. I that's such a big change. Exactly. Right so and that's that's another uh, authentically South African genre. Balobedu House. Balobedu House. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that that yeah. artist Master KG. So like, what I'm really noticing is that it's it's not necessarily the artists that are becoming global sensations, but rather it's the movements. So whenever it's a new right. South African genre. 
whenever it's a new South African dance move, like um, the Guada Guada, for example, which Rihanna yes, did at the which... BT Award. Uh, you know that one, right? Yeah, of course. It reached... Can you like... do the Guada Guada? <laughs> can I do it? I can do it. The only thing that I struggle with is Ivocho. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Ivocho. My knees. Oh, no, no, no. You've got to have strong knees with that. <laughs> but but moreover, do you see how instantly you recognizable those things that you're saying are versus with all due respect individual artist names it's it's a, i think in this current generation of south african musicians is going to be known for all of these movements that we are creating right. because that's where i mean we live in the era of influence right and that's where course, south africa is strong we are actually influential when it comes to setting trends um uh, and and now we can be getting the credit for it in real time as it's happening so an eye on just all South African music as a as a as a market in general. I think right. bold prediction here, and uh, you guys are hearing this first. I'm gonna put this in my TED talk Ooh, one day. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I think you know how like South Korea is like this 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 crazy like hub of like music because of Korean pop or K-pop. Right. I yes. feel like South Africa is about to become that country on the global music scale. I think we have the resources, we have the reach. We have the actual talent and the music to be not the next America. No, I don't think we're going to be the next America. We're going to be the next South no. Korea, like an authentically right. native music market that just yeah. resonates all over, that people just love and they want to hear more of, even if they don't come from there. You're going to ha have kids in America, kids in the UK talking about, you know, South African hits, South African songs, and just being like South African music nerds and talking about I'm a piano and bomb and learning. I, that's, I feel that's like what I like to that's hear. what's going to go. That's what's going to be iconic. I don't think this generation is going to have an icon. I think this generation is going to create iconic movements. I'm just so happy that we got an opportunity to, but, to record this. Me too. It's been, it's been fun. Me too. It's been so much fun. It's been like, I think there's a, there's a topic we both love, right? Music. Of course. Yes. Yeah, man. Music. And we could talk for we could talk for hours. We could talk for hours. Listen, you need to bring me back when we do the Beyonce versus Adele debate. <laughs> Yo, Beyonce versus Beyonce Adele. Beyonce versus wow. anyone. That okay. I need a round table session with people from all over the world and I'm gonna stand in Beyonce's corner that day. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you no so problem. much, brother. Before you leave, just let the people know where can they find you? Um, so like, yeah, I, I, I prepared just a few things for people to leave by. So I want you to find me and there's some things I'm going to recommend and like, yeah, I'm going to leave on that note. So number one, where to find me on social media at TN Venge. It's spelled V-E-N-G-E, TN Venge. Uh, real easy to find on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, number one. Number two, if you're ever in South Africa, you must eat at a place called Chicken Licken. Best wings right. In the world, better than anything. Better, than, I don't care where you I love the wings. Plant. Chicken licking, hot wings. Make sure you order those. Chicken licking is the one. Chicken licking is the one. Yes. Eh, but you have to go to the right one because sometimes. Yeah, they, they true, okay. true. No, no. You know what? They 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 they've improved their standards across the board. <laughs> but chicken licking in general, I promise you. KFC in South it's Africa fair. is a bit dodgy, but chicken licking. No, no, no. KFC in South Africa is not the one. Okay, chicken yeah. Chicken licking is the yeah. one. You're cool. So definitely check out chicken licking. Thirdly, we talked about all the musicians. Definitely check them out. But I think check out um, South African movies as well. South African movies are just doing dope stuff right now. Yes. We're going to have a... 
I, I definitely want you back because I feel like the conversation is, we could talk for, for hours and we have so Brilliant. much to talk about. So definitely next time, Absolutely. whether it's movies or whether it's just all around entertainment or whether it's Western entertainment, we have to have the conversation. We have 110%. to have you back. 110%. No, we got it. This we got has it. been such a good episode. Thank you so much. And last but not least, subscribe, man. Subscribe to this podcast, man. Subscribe. Subscribe. Guys, Press that button. Subscribe. <laughs> tap, tap. tap. Tap, tap. Thank you so Thank you much. If you have made it to the end of this episode, you are the real MVP. Thank you so much for listening. We are going to be setting up a listening party on the 4th of September. Tanasha and I are going to be hosting a fun listening party with all of the amazing artists that we have spoken about on this episode. So join us on the 4th of September, 9 p.m. UK time and 10 p.m. South African time. And we are going to be having some fun. Check out all of our social medias for all of the details. I'm at Noma underscore saves the world. And Tanasha is at TN Venge. So keep up with our socials, guys. Don't forget to join us on the 4th of September, 9 p.m. UK time, 10 p.m. South African time. I'm so excited. I can't wait to party with you guys. Thank you so much for listening once again. Stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and always spread love and lotion. I love you guys. Thank you. Bye.